being trustworthy has never been more important uh, because of where the world is. I see companies really wrestling with the increased demand to speak out on social issues. So really understanding which values matter so much to you and your stakeholders that you need to advocate for them and which you're okay being silent on, knowing you might lose some followers either way, whether you speak out or you don't. Welcome back to Chat with Leaders, where we amplify the voices of leaders who use business and influence as a voice for good. We believe it's their example that will have a tremendous impact on our next generation of servant leaders who will carry us forward into our bright, sustainable future. In today's episode, Jeff Bond chats with Patty Tucker, founder and senior strategist of Treehouse Council, an Atlanta-based communications consultancy helping intentional leaders turn stakeholders into believers and advocates. Treehouse Council partners with leaders who want objective senior counsel without adding the complexity and agenda of a full-time CCO or major agency. Patty talks to Jeff about the importance of asking and listening to your stakeholders, defining and standing behind your values, and how conscious capitalism can positively impact culture, bottom line, and beyond in your business and the world. Let's jump into this conversation with Patty Tucker. Over to you, Jeff. Patty, welcome to Chat with Leaders. It's so great to have you here. Hi, Jeff. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks. This is such an honor for me. You've been such an inspiration in terms of how you work within the conscious leadership community, B Corps, Go Beyond Profit, really just seeing your intentionality in the way that you use communications and support leaders in our marketplace has been truly just, again, inspiring to me. So thank you for coming onto the show today to share your wisdom. Well, same to you. You've been literally amplifying great voices and helping the whole community, helping all of us learn from each other. So thanks to you. Well, it is such an honor. And I love your mission to help intentional leaders turn their stakeholders into both believers and advocates. And so I wanna jump right into my first question, Patty. What do you wish everyone understood about the work that you do and what fuels your passion for helping these leaders create these strong relationships with their stakeholders? Well, I think it's at the core of it, it's, it's such a simple idea that can be transformative. You know, by stakeholders, we mean anyone that's important to you and that you're important to. So that could be a young leader's boss, a CEO's employees, a branding leaders target, you know, customers. So, but stakeholders want to be invited in. They want to be asked. And, um, and when they are and they're listened to and heard, they become advocates. They want to see you win. And so what I hope more, wish more people understood, including myself sometimes, is that asking, hey, I don't know, what do you think? Or how are you looking at this? Or how could I be better for you? Feels vulnerable and maybe weak and maybe like you ought to know all the answers. But the key is that's what makes you effective. That what what is what will turn people on for you, but we forget that in the moment sometime, right? So it's very simple on a personal level. And then when you blow that up to a 
major corporation, it just gets even more important. Yeah, and I was thinking about the art of corporate communication strategy and communications is just a tricky thing. It's it's where a lot of things rise and fall in terms of how effectively we do it as leaders. And you've worked with some big brands, including Southern Company, UPS, Weather Channel, Newell Rubbermaid. I mean, like you said, the bigger these organizations get, the harder it is to include everybody, to give them this sense of attention and value placed on their input, despite best intentions. And so really having a strong corporate communication strategist and partner like you, I think is critical and even more so when you wanna make sure that your intentions to use business and influence as a force for good, if you're a certified B Corp, if you're a conscious capitalist, that that actually uh, leads into action and it, it becomes authentically felt within that organization. So I just, I, I think it's so critical, the work that you do. Thanks, so do I, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, um, so talk to me a little bit about, you've had a lot of success at Edelman, you drove six million in revenue, uh, amongst many other big accomplishments in growing their corporate communications practice. To what do you attribute the success that you had during that phase of your career? Because how how long were you there again? I was there fourteen years. Fourteen so. years, and quite a list of accomplishments that I've seen. So, tell me a little bit about how you built that, and and what you would attribute that success. Well, I think, don't we all feel like we're successful because of luck and hard work? But that's a little boring to stop there. But but I, I do think that as far as values, as young leaders are looking at their values and what's right for them, in hindsight, I could have guessed that I was doomed to a career in client service because probably because I'm the baby of six kids, my, my values are very much around being valuable being helpful to people and connecting. So client service um, is my jam. I absolutely adore being able to help a leader open a marketplace or transform the image of a company or stave off a crisis or get through a crisis with increased trust. These are huge drivers. And so the hard work is, is fun and therefore rather easy as a career. And Locke Edelman and the firms I was with before that, I worked with some of the smartest people on the toughest global challenges and learned so much along the way. Edelman is driven to be a best practice and to always be out ahead helping companies um, in new ways. I, I was truly privileged to work on the trust barometer, the annual Edelman trust barometer. I, I volunteered to work on that because I wanted to help derive how practical of a tool it was, not just measuring the state of trust, but how businesses build trust. So getting to work on that um, fueled a lot of my career there and since as well. I love the self-identification of values and just where you fit in terms of that corporate world and being able to marry that purpose and passion with a career that's fulfilling and fun, to your point. And I think that's something for a lot of young leaders coming up into the world, looking at how to deploy their skill sets into the world, their giftedness, and and really find a lot of success in their career and have fun while they're doing it. I think that's a really critical lesson learned. And I love the, the trust barometer work that you did there. I think trust is so easily 
uh, broken. And some people say trust is given and or trust is earned in, in either of those two orders, right? And and I think that continuously working on trust and being able to measure that is such an innovative uh, thing that you did at Edelman and uh, such an interesting project. So tell me a little bit about what you feel today are the biggest challenges facing corporate brands around building their brand affinity with their stakeholders. Well, there's a lot going on in the world right now, right? And it's hitting squarely in the, from my perspective, in the CEOs and leadership suite and along with communications, being trustworthy has never been more important uh, because of where the world is. So, you know, being authentic and transparent and truly understanding your values so that you know when to stand up and when to not, and that you're okay with losing some people if they share different values has never been more important. I see companies really wrestling with the increased demand to speak out on social issues, right? Since the racial reckoning, the pandemic concerns around health, Roe v. Wade, LBGTQ issues, right? So really understanding which values matter so much to you and your stakeholders that you need to advocate for them and which you're okay being silent on, knowing you might lose some followers either way, whether you speak out or you don't. So these are hard, hard decisions at the moment. And the other thing that's a little more tactical, but practical and everyday is choosing priorities. So ESG is the hot term now, but reporting on environmental, social, and governance efforts underway is driving a lot of good work, but also a lot of confusion inside companies. So to be clear, there are often multiple people in multiple departments doing different things around those three areas. So uh, a real challenge is learning to oversee and prioritize and communicate what you are doing so that your stakeholders understand and can come along and value so that really has impact not only in the world because you're doing the right thing, but with your shareholder, your stakeholders so that they can come along and help. Yeah, I've heard so many business leaders today talk about how they struggle with their voice and their position in this and where that fits into the workplace. And maybe that in the past, there wasn't really a place for that as business was just business and social issues were just social issues. And that's not the case anymore. And the expectation of internal and external stakeholders is that you do stand for something and that you do speak. And I can imagine having a, a strategist such as yourself in this conscious capitalist uh, world that we're in is invaluable because sometimes you just need to ask, what should my voice be? How should I take a stance on this? And I can imagine that counsel is just uh, so invaluable today because it's a lot of business leaders are lost in terms of where they should do that. They are lost because it's new. It, business has become more human. Now we as conscious capitalists celebrate that, right? But if you're someone who's been working for however long, even if it's a few years, if it's a few decades, it's even more shocking to the system 
that you used to be in a command and control perspective. You used to be able to control who understood what messages you were delivering. Uh, one of my clients, it, it was it, at the very beginning of my career to them, environmental responsibility was paying their fines on time. Look how far we've come in just a few decades so that now it's human. It's how are the humans in my sphere reacting? What do they want from me as a leader? And they want very different things. So th there is no playbook for these leaders. They're making it up in real time. Yeah. And to get a little more proactive than reactive is, is a good thing. So in terms of brands that are doing this well? Is there one that you could point to today that you feel is, is really outstanding? I hesitate. And it's it's one of the themes out of, of conscious capitalism, the organization to not judge, right? Every, every company is doing some things well. And if you hold them up too high, then you, know, you, you risk them getting shot down for an area where they're still working, right? But I will, you know, one example that I worked on recently is Inspire Brands. And they, after years of pandemic, were truly worried about their culture. They're worried about that they have a very unique, maverick-oriented, energetic culture. And everyone had been remote for two years. And there were a lot of new people who'd never set foot in the building. They'd never been together. And management was very worried about career growth and protecting that culture. But they knew they couldn't just say, command, come back, right? So we looked at it and took a very conscious capitalist approach. We engaged with them. We asked all the employees what they were thinking, what was good and bad about staying at home and being in the office. We fed it back to them, including some ideas they had, some problems or you know the toughest things that we could ease. And then we set about easing those. We gave them a sense of agency. So not commanding when to come, but giving some general guidelines and asking them to work together as teams. So they felt, right, some control, reinforcing the value of that community and that culture and doubling down on proving it's so important to demonstrate your actions that further prove your words. So they took some further measurements to enhance those employees' career pathing. So the whole package was trustworthy and believable and understandable, and people felt respected. And it's really working. They're back at 70, 80% capacity, and all signs show the culture is, is strong and those new people are really thriving. So to me, that's a good case study of, of how to truly be find win-win solutions. I'll say, yeah, and, and certainly looking at the areas of opportunity, I think it's a great point that you made that nobody's fully arrived as a perfect company, uh, right? There's always some areas that we can improve in and really nice to have leadership that's vulnerable and willing to look at those areas critically as a continuous improvement uh, measure. And I think, is it Paul Brown, their CEO? Is that the correct? Correct it name. Is correct. Yeah. Yes. When, when I could think Go Beyond Profit had that CEO forum around business generosity, and we'd had that in Inspire Brands. I was truly inspired by Paul Brown. I remember him just even coming down the stairs and and we were just standing there and having a very casual conversation with him. But I was just really impressed with his presence, his just uh 
humility and, and the way that he spoke about their business and the challenges that they've had to overcome. So what, uh, so you recently became a certified conscious capitalism consultant. You're one of, was it seven, eight, I nine think, in the I country? Think I think we're up to nine or 10 globally now. Okay. But not a lot that's globally. And it's a, it's a really, it's a hard thing to do. I know it, there's a lot that goes into that, but tell me a little bit about the impetus, the why behind becoming certified. Well, it becoming certified was truly a natural progression. My entire career, I've been in corporate reputation, corp comm, brand building. So, so the, these ideas are classic. They're just built in. So helping companies lead with purpose so their people want to follow them, taking very good care of your employees, being seen worthy of trust. These, these have always been my stock and trade, right? So as the books came out, as the leaders' voices were raised up, on a very practical level, I would absorb those so that I could coach clients on how to be more effective. Then three or so years ago, we launched the Conscious Capitalism Atlanta community, and I joined that initial board. So I went back and reread the seminal Conscious Capitalism tenets, the Conscious Capitalism book, Firms of Endearment. And I had read them before, but I read them with new intentionality. And then when Conscious Capitalism International, the uh, organization, offered the certification, uh, I I took the test and wrote up a case to validate for myself and my clients that really I could help along these lines of helping them be better leaders and be better for the world in the process. So it was very natural progression, but I am I am thrilled to be in that in that community. Well, congratulations, a well-deserved title, uh, incredibly apropos to who you are anyways as a person, and certainly to anchor those values, uh, to demonstrate that with your clients is, is incredible. So we're just really proud to work with you in the conscious capitalism community. And I, I wanted to just impart upon the leaders today who perhaps want to shift their values towards these tenets of conscious capitalism. What would be a good first step for them to take if they feel like they're wanting to just get started? I find a first step, okay, no two companies are the same, right? So there's there's no one first step for, and so it depends on the leader, what they're feeling the need for, but frankly, what the pain point in the business is, that's going to motivate them to take the time to do it. So in my case, because I bring the discipline of communications to the concept, um, it's usually an audience that needs to think and do something differently, right? That can be a trigger. Other leaders have different triggers, right? But, but, but a first step is truly understanding your stakeholders, everyone around the business, or because they, they work in concert, right? So if you want your employees thinking something different, it helps to plot everyone. And by everyone, I, I put the planet as a stakeholder too. So, uh, you know, employees, uh, your supply chain, your funders and shareholders, certainly the environment, the community. So uh, understanding what they all need in one of you, but particularly if it's a first step, how to really give to that audience that you want to do something different and how to understand them. And then depending on if that's where you started, the other tenants are also interrelated. So having a sense of higher purpose, 
uh, building a culture that reinforces, being a leader that drives as a we, not a I, all kind of flow in to those strategies. So either I would say if they're just starting, considering their stakeholders and or how they're driving them to a higher purpose beyond just profit, because no one other than shareholders really cares how much profit you make. They want you to be profitable because only then can you serve a greater mission. But that's not what gets them up out of bed to come to work for you. And it's not what makes them sell you the raw materials for your product, right? So uh, taking a holistic look would be a good first step. And then for those who are still skeptical or think that, all sounds good, but I got to drive hard dollar business value bottom line. What encouragement would you provide to them in terms of how this is a profitable way to do business? Yes. Well, there are three different levels, so it depends, right? But there is hard data. Um, and I just love that it, intuitively you might think, well, a business that invests time and money into finding win-win solutions and being good for the planet and good for the community and offering particularly strong benefits to their employees, you might think, okay, that's some time and money outlay. So they're probably not wildly competitive on profit, but, but hopefully they're doing better than average. Well, the studies actually show they are wildly better on profit and growth, um, beating the S&P 500, beating the good to great companies, they actually outperform. So there's data, hard data. Secondly, there are anecdotes pouring in. And just Jeff, like you highlight every week, multiple times a week, stories of leaders who did something and had a good result. There are people on global scales. I'm a huge fan of Alan Murray, who's the CEO of Fortune magazine. He has a podcast I highly recommend. And he's the Jeff Bond of the Fortune 500, right? He's telling, uh, interviewing CEOs who are talking about these hard, hard decisions and the hard, hard ROI they're getting from them. But thirdly, what really matters is inside a company. And that's why I take it down to what the leader needs right now. If they need to move one audience, if they need to, to change their reputation, what a uh, pain point, if they can lean in with these tenants, they will see a, it's very practical. It is not hard dollars. It is how you lead that can make such a big difference. And you, and you will see the return right there on a very tactical level within your own company. And ultimately that is what's building this movement, right? When a business leader can see how they benefit how the people they love the most benefit and how the world is a better place, all because of how they lead their company, you know, drop the mic. That is real business and culture change. Well, Patty, I cherished our relationship, the gift of knowing you and this time we've had together. I can only imagine how valuable this is going to be for leaders today and for generations to follow anyone who has ears to hear it. So if people wanted to get a hold of you and learn more about you online, where would you direct them? Oh, well, I'm most engageable, engaged on LinkedIn. It's it's Patty Tucker. I pop right up in Atlanta. There's also a uh, someone who 
uh, teaches bridge in Atlanta, but <laughs> I'm not her. And uh, my website is treehousecouncil.com. Excellent. So. Well, we will include those links in the show notes and uh, highly encourage everybody to check that out. Patty, thanks again for the gift of time today. It was such a pleasure. Thank you, Jeff. Always fun to spend time with you. And thank you for all the great work you're doing for the community. Well, that wraps up another edition of Chat with Leaders. Thank you for investing your time with us today. If you haven't already, we would be grateful if you shared this episode with a friend and rated it on Apple or wherever you get your podcast, so we can pass down the wisdom from our guests to more aspiring leaders. If you're interested in launching a professional podcast to grow your business, we would love to help. Check out chatwithleaders.com for more information and feel free to reach out by emailing team at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again and go be a leader worth following.